Amen. If you would, uh, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. That's where we're going to jump off in Scripture here this morning. O come, O come, Emmanuel, Christ our King. What, a, what, what an amazing message to uh, just be reminded of this morning that God has sent us our King. He has sent us our Messiah. He sent us our Savior. And that is really what Christmas is all about. Uh, you know, it's hard to believe that Thanksgiving is over already. It seems like this year has just flown by. You know, uh, uh, this holiday weekend, Leah and I and the boys got to catch up with family. We got to rest and relax some at her parents' house. And we rolled back in town yesterday and were able to get our Christmas decorations put up. And so Christmas season has finally begun. You know, of course, every year we, we love Thanksgiving. We love Christmas. Everybody loves that time of year. But this year, uh, over Thanksgiving break, it just seemed like Thanksgiving was much more relaxing, much more enjoyable than it normally is. Not that it's not enjoyable, but it's just even more so. We came back to town feeling more refreshed, and it's not because uh, we didn't have to deal with anything hard. We've been dealing with some things, some hard news in, in our family with a, a loved one that is uh, nearing the end of, of, of his journey. And so, uh, so we, we're dealing with those things, but somehow we come back feeling refreshed. One of the things that Leah told me when we were driving around the other night, she said, you know, I think uh, the reason why I feel so relaxed is because um, all the things that I normally do over Thanksgiving break, which really has to do with getting ready for Christmas, uh, I've already done. She said, I just, I'm just a lot more prepared for Christmas uh, at this point in the year than I normally am. Uh, she, she's done most of her Christmas shopping already. She's planned well. Uh, she didn't feel the need to get up at the crack of yesterday and uh, go out and risk her life at Walmart or Target uh, for Black Friday shopping. I think they went out sometime on Friday to a couple stores uh, Friday evening, but it was just much more relaxed. There wasn't as much hustle and bustle and running and going, and, and so she's more prepared for Christmas, and that that, that meant that she was able to enjoy her holiday that much more. You know, there's a lot of things that we do to get prepared for Christmas, isn't there? You think about putting up your Christmas tree. You, you know, you think about having to get up in storage, whether it's in your attic or your garage, and, and get your decorations out or your tree out. Or you got to go to the store. you got to go out in the woods and cut a tree down. Uh, maybe you, you like the, you know, the, the, the real tree every year. Uh, and so there are a lot of things. You've got to put the Christmas decorations up. Some of you are putting up Christmas lights. You're, you're picking out Christmas cards to send out. There are all these things going on. And, of course, you know there are those Christmas movies that you have to watch. I mean, it's not Christmas unless you watch this movie or that movie. Uh, you know, some of you, it's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and some of you, you, you got to watch a, a movie about an elf, you know. Uh, some of you got to watch a, a movie about families coming together for, for, for Christmas. But whatever it is, uh, there are those things that you do, those Christmas traditions that already have begun. 
But here's the thing. Here, I believe that, that this year for Christmas, and I really believe this is true every year, but, but, but this year for Christmas, I, I believe that God has something special for you individually and for me individually. And, and what God has for us goes beyond whether or not we get a little treat in our stocking, and it goes beyond whether or not we get gifts under the Christmas tree. He, he, what he has for us is deeper than that. It's, it, it's not something material, but it is something spiritual. And, and the reality is, is that you can put up your tree and you can do all the stuff and watch all the movies and you can listen to all the Bing Crosby you want to this Christmas season and still be unprepared for Christmas, unprepared spiritually. You, you might enjoy the holiday to some extent, but you may miss the fullness of what God has for you spiritually this year. So I want to talk about being prepared for Christmas uh, today as we look at the account of the birth of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. In reading to verse 25. The birth of Jesus came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to him in a dream, saying... Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what has been conceived in her is by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So when Joseph got up from his sleep, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but did not know her intimately until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. Father, we pray this morning that you would help us to understand, Father, the significance of this Emmanuel, this God with us. And Father, we pray that you would help us to understand how to prepare our hearts for what you have in store for us through this season of Christmas. God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're talking about being prepared for Christmas. How do you know that you're ready? How do you know that you are prepared for Christmas? Well, well, number one, you, uh, you, you know that you are prepared for Christmas when you are willing to trust God in the uncertainty. You remember what's going on here in, 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 in verse 18 and first part of verse 19. It says, uh, after his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered that before they came together that she was pregnant. She was pregnant. Now, this was an uncertain time, really, in the, in the life of both Joseph and Mary. We know Mary was going through her own journey, but, 
but I want to focus in on, 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 on some of Joseph's journey here uh, because here's Joseph facing an uncertainty of life. And, and you and I, all of us, whether, whether we realize it or not, all of us are going to face uncertain times. We all face the uncertainties of not knowing the future, but there are also times in life when something's going to happen to you that you just don't understand. It, it, it's not that you don't know what's happening. It's that the uncertainty is, why is this happening? You know, it, th those things that happen that leave you saying, why me? Lord, why me? Why is this happening to me? What did I do to deserve this? You know, th those things that happen when, uh, th those are those things like um, when you lose a job or when something valuable is stolen from you. One, well, one year, uh, Leah and I had about $800 stolen from us out of our home, uh, which we do not keep that kind of money in our home anymore, uh, but we had uh, a, 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 a big chunk of money stolen from us. You know, those, th those things happen, you know. Even worse, there are people dealing with, with worse things than, than a few dollars being stolen. There are people that are they're dealing with marriages that have broken apart, you know. You, there are those people who feel abandoned by loved ones or, uh, or, or people who are dealing with, uh, with, with the death of someone that they love. That kind of uncertainty comes in many forms. Okay? It comes in many forms. It's inconvenient. It's, it's, it's hurtful. It's, 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 often it's not fair. Often it's tragic. When we talk about unfair and hurtful, think about what Joseph is going through at this point. And put yourself in his situation and live in his perspective for just a moment right here where we are in Matthew 1, not what we know about what happens, but you think about the fact that the woman that he is engaged to, now, in, in that culture, when they would get, get engaged, it was called a betrothal period, and for all intents and purposes, they were considered married at that point, uh, yet the, the marriage had not been finalized, so there was sort of a two-step process but they were considered married, and so if they would have broken their engagement, it would have required writing a certificate of divorce, okay? You don't just say, hey, I changed my mind and give the ring back. Uh, you, you've got to go through, you've got to go to court, okay? Uh, this was a big, big deal. Now, now because they were not uh, uh, married, they did, had not finalized their marriage at this point, they weren't living together, uh, they, were not, uh, they, they, they were not intimate with one another, any of those things. Uh, but this was much more than uh, a, a little, a, a, maybe another step further than what we would consider a traditional engagement. But here is this woman that he is engaged to, he is serious about, uh, and she turns up pregnant. I mean, you're away for a little while, and you come back, uh, or she's away, and she comes back, and, and, and she's pregnant. And, and you've done the right thing. Y'all haven't, you haven't stepped, be, you know, over any bounds. You've, you've done the right things. You have honored the, the boundaries that God has given you for how you're to conduct yourself before marriage. And there's only one conclusion. I mean, there's only one logical conclusion. She's pregnant and it's not yours. Now, she says that it's from the Holy Spirit. 
But God hadn't told you that yet, okay? And, and so you're thinking, right, sure it is, you know? I mean, imagine the pain and the anguish and the, the betrayal that Joseph must have been dealing with at that time. I mean, my goodness. I mean, you and I know how it works out, but, but he didn't know what was going on at that time. Joseph, Joseph was no dummy. He was no dummy. He, he, could, he could put two and two together. He would have assumed just what everybody else assumed about Mary, that she had been unfaithful. But notice what Matthew says about the character of Joseph. It says, Joseph being a righteous man. This is present participle, righteous man, being. He is, he has been and continues to be a righteous man. And what that means is that Joseph was a man who took his faith seriously. He, he, he was righteous in the eyes of the Jews because he went through all the stuff and he honored the Jewish laws and the customs and he, he was... He was, uh, he was a man of faith. I mean, he, was, he, he went through all the religious things. And, and so in the eyes of the other Jews, he was a righteous man. But in the eyes of God, he was a righteous man, not because of all the hoops he jumped through, but because, uh, but because he, he sought to honor God. I mean, the reason why he did all of those things was not to, not to be in good standing with the rabbi at the, uh, you know, over at the synagogue, it was to be in good standing with God because this is who God had called him to be. So he was, he was a righteous man, uh, considered righteous uh, by the uh, Jewish culture, but he was considered righteous by God because he submitted to the heart of God and to the ways of God, even when it was inconvenient for him. Joseph would have been one of these guys today who Joseph would have been one of these guys who, who, who didn't go to church because it looked good. He, he, he's not the guy that would go to church just to network or because it was good for business or good for uh, his perception in the community, but he would have been a man who, who went to church because it was the right thing to do. He went to church because he wanted to worship and honor and serve his God. That's the kind of man that Joseph was. There's nothing fair about finding out that the woman you are engaged to and practically married to is pregnant with a baby that is not yours. Man, Joseph had to struggle. He had to wrestle with a decision on whether or not he was going to continue to be a righteous man, even when life wasn't seeming seemingly to go his way. Now, we know... Life kind of was going his way. This, this pregnancy really was not a burden. It was a blessing. But from his perspective right now, he doesn't understand that. And he has to make a choice of whether or not he's going to continue to be a righteous man, even when things were not, didn't seem to be going his way. But, you know, with a lot of people, that's exactly what happens. A, a lot of people, there are a lot of people out there who are religious in a sense, they're willing to go to church. They, they're willing to pray occasionally. They're, they're willing to volunteer a little time here or there. Just as long as God doesn't let anything really bad happen to them. But then as soon as they hit the wall with something, as soon as something doesn't go their way, as soon as they, they face major uncertainty, 
Instead of growing their faith, instead of trying to find out how to persevere, instead of looking for, for God to teach us something or to show us something, a, a lot of folks that are going through that, those sort of loosely religious folks, when they hit the wall, they just throw their hands up and say, I'm done. I'm done. This isn't fair. Something happened to me in life and it's not fair. That's exactly the kind of attitude that Joseph could have had. If you want to be prepared for Christmas, if you want to be prepared for what God has for you this Christmas, you'll need to learn to trust God in the uncertainties. But you also need to be selfless in affliction. Second half of verse 19. It says, and not wanting to disgrace her. So Joseph being a, a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly decided, he decided to divorce her secretly. You see, you see Joseph could have done a lot of things. He, he had the ability to really stick it to old Mary. Remember, he thinks that she's cheated on him. He thinks that she's betrayed him. And, and he could have, he would have been well within his rights as a husband who had been cheated on, not only to divorce her, but to publicly humiliate her, and even to the point of having her executed. She could have been stoned had she actually committed adultery and been caught. Okay, in that situation that that baby inside of her womb was not actually the son of God, but, 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 but a child from an uh, fr extramarital affair, she could have been stoned according to the laws, the, the Jewish, the, the civil, national laws of the Jews in those times. That he, he, could have, he could have done a lot to her. And just think about this. Think about this. That, that for Joseph, what he could do was one thing, but what he should do was something else. See, what you could do should always take a back seat to what you should do. What you could do to somebody for how they have hurt you should always take a back seat to what you should do. Now, Remember, Joseph, here he is thinking that, that Mary has been unfaithful to him. And even when he thought Mary had been unfaithful, even when he thought that she was lying through her teeth, you're telling me that that baby is from the Holy Spirit of God? Give me a break, woman. Are you crazy? I mean, even when he thought she was lying through her teeth, even when he was convinced that, the only one thing that he could do from this point on is to divorce her. I mean, he, he, he came to the point just saying, hey, we, we can't stay married. This, this betrayal is too deep. This, this, this cut, it's not going to go away. And, 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 and so the best thing for us is to split. And he knew that. He, he, he wasn't debating that. But he, even when he decided that the only thing they could do is to split up, he didn't want to drag her through the mud. Even in that situation, he didn't want to make an example out of her. Even in that situation, he didn't want to ruin her reputation in the eyes of others. He didn't want to do it publicly, so he was going to do it as private as he could. He was, he was going to do what was best for her, 
even as, even as he believed that she had caused him great pain and affliction. You know, it would have seemed right in the eyes of many people. And a lot of people would not blame him one bit for dragging her through the mud. Uh, a, a lot of people would not uh, uh, blame him one bit for kicking her to the curb and never having anything to do with her again. But, but he, didn't, he, he, wasn't care, he, didn't, he wasn't concerned as much about what people thought he could do. He was concerned about what God decided that he should do. What should I do? What is the right thing? Why? Why was he like that? Because he was selfless. Selfless even in affliction. This is the man who would be the male role model, the primary male role model, the man who would raise this little baby who grows up and becomes uh, and fulfills the prophecy of being the Messiah of the world. A man who grows up to, uh, to be the, the very uh, demonstration, his life, the life of Jesus is the very demonstration of love. Where did he learn how to love like that? Well, part of it probably comes from his divine nature, but Jesus wasn't just fully God, he was also fully human, and he had human role models, and one of these role models was Joseph. See, Joseph cared about the hearts and the lives of other people. The question is, do you care about the hearts and lives of other people? Do you care about the people in your life? Or are you just looking out for number one? Are you, are you ready for Christmas? Joseph was ready. He was prepared spiritually because he was a man. He, 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 he was a man that was seeking after God. He, he, he was a man who was, uh, who, who was spiritually prepared because he was trusting God in the uncertainties. And he was a man who was able to be selfless even in affliction. Regardless of whether or not your tree is up in your heart, in your heart, you're not ready for Christmas. Unless you're ready to embrace the spirit of the Christ of Christmas. Maybe you've struggled this year to trust God. Maybe you've, uh, you've struggled to be selfless. Maybe, maybe you've been in great affliction. Listen, if you want to be prepared for Christmas, another thing that you'll need is you'll need to struggle to do what is right. You need to struggle to do what is right. Now, we know that uh, after Joseph debates, you know, the, to divorce her and how to divorce her, uh, we know that God comes to him in a dream, and God confirms what, what Mary has said is true. The Holy Spirit of God uh, confirms for Joseph uh, that, that what Mary is saying to him is true, that this truly is the Son of God. She has not betrayed him but yet he needs to marry her. God says, you need to marry this woman, and she's going to give birth to the Savior, and you need to name him Jesus. The name Jesus is a Greek transliteration of the 
Hebrew word Joshua that literally means Savior. You need to marry this woman. You need to have this child. You're going to raise him, and you're going to name him Savior because he is going to be the Savior of the world. And so Joseph knows at this point, when we get to verse 24 and 25, he knows what the right thing is. He's not struggling over that now. He has a lot of clarity. He understands things better. But he needs to decide if he's going to do what is right because what is right is going to be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle. Can you imagine the kind of things people would be saying about Joseph and about Mary? I mean, how they would be ostracized from some of their family. I would think particularly Joseph's family. The scripture doesn't say, but I can't imagine... Uh, that, that many of them really bought the story that, that, uh, that Joseph and Mary were giving them. But can you imagine the, uh, the people in the community? I mean, just the things they would say. Can you believe that Mary girl? Can you believe what she did here that she has? She is engaged to Joseph, and he's working hard, and he's faithful, and Joseph is a righteous man. He's a good guy. And she went out and cheated on him. Can you believe that? I mean, have, has she no shame? Can you imagine some of the things that were being said about her? Can you imagine some of the things that were being said about him? Can, can, can this guy Joseph be any more dumb? Can he be any more spineless? I mean, this, uh, th- this girl goes out and cheats on him, and, 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 and she comes up with, with a baby that's not his, and he's going to marry her? I mean, how spineless can you be? Get some self-esteem, man. I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine these things that they would have had to have dealt with? You see, for Joseph to obey God, for him to do what was right, it was going to be a struggle. Listen, a a lot of people forget that being a disciple of Christ is not always easy. It's not always easy. I can tell you from personal experience that sometimes it's tough. It's tough to try to do the right thing. Are there, a ble- are there blessings attached to that? Absolutely, yes. I- is there anything better for you in the long run than to do the right thing in the eyes of the Lord? Absolutely not, but it is not always easy. It's going to be a struggle. Doing what's right will cost you your time. It will take time. It will, it, it, it will cost things in your life. It may, it may cost you money at times. It may cause you to struggle physically and emotionally. It's going to cost you energy. It's going to cost things. At times, it's going to be more difficult than, than, uh, than, than the life of someone that's not following God. But is it worth it? You better believe it is. Absolutely. Listen, are you prepared for Christmas this year? Are you, are you ready for it? You know, it's possible that you've not learned how to trust God. When we talk about trusting God in the affliction, the, 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 the truth is that you've never actually learned to trust God at all. The truth is that for some of you, it's possible that although you're at church today and although you have a background of going to church, you've never really given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you to trust God. God. See, 6,000 years ago, Adam and Eve 
were created by God. They gave in to temptation. And when they did, it was their sin. But when they did, sin and death and disease and violence and abuse and war and, and, and pain and all these things entered into the world when sin entered into the world. It's because Adam and Eve ignored God's instructions. Yet God made a promise, even then, from, from 6,000 years ago, from the fall of man, God made a promise to humanity, a promise to make things right. And 2,000 years ago, when Jesus was born, God fulfilled that promise when he sent Jesus, born of a virgin. So even though Adam and Eve had sinned, and even though you and I sinned, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the redemption. Jesus is the Savior of that sin. Let me remind you of something we studied a few months ago. Ephesians 2. If you're a believer, this is a testimony that you should have. It says, And you were dead in your trespasses. Dead in your trespasses and sin in which you previously walked according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler who exercises authority over the lower heavens. The spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of the flesh and thoughts and were by nature children under wrath as, as others were also Verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with the Messiah even when we were dead in sin. You are saved by grace together with Christ Jesus. He also raised up and seated us in the heavens so that at the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus Verse 8, for you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not for yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. For we are his creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. God has a plan for you. He has, he has created you for a reason, and he wants you to be prepared for Christmas. And if you have never trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you cannot be prepared. There is nothing that you can do to prepare yourself for Christmas if you've never put your faith and trust in Him. But if you are a believer in this room here today, if you have trusted Him as your Lord and Savior, then to prepare for Christmas, to prepare your heart, you need to learn to trust God in the uncertain times. And if you can learn to be selfless in affliction, and if you are willing to struggle to do what's right in the Lord's eyes, then you will be ready for Christmas. Let's pray.